Hill Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How you doing? I'm fine. I uh, I think the right verdict came down in the the case yesterday, uh, more or less. I didn't follow it closely enough to know the difference between third degree and second degree and this and that, but mm-hmm. I don't have any problem with the fact that the cop is going to jail. Uh, it, it's a it's a weird situation though that everybody feels in cities all across America, maybe around the world, that if the jury had for whatever reason thought, no, I'm not convinced. Uh, I think he might have done it, but I, but you know, they didn't. I have perfect. reasonable doubt. Reasonable yeah. doubt yeah. that there would have been rioting and mayhem and businesses ruined forever and people hurt all across the country. Mm-hmm. And because the because it went the other day, okay, never mind then. That's that's a weird situation to be in. And it's interesting that one group of people with one point of view is allowed to riot. Uh, more on that later. So we were talking a little bit about the changing of the language. There's been a lot of that going on lately. Like, what does infrastructure mean? Well, infrastructure means, uh, you know, care for your children at home so I can go to work. Since when has that been infrastructure? Well, it is now. Unpacking the court. Um, or packing the court. No, no, we're, no, we're unpacking the court. Packing the court has always meant this, but they, sure. they changed the, trying to change the language on that. The Republicans then, stole those seats. Specifically, we were talking about immigration and how they're changing the wording around that. It has always been illegal alien, and I know I have been beaten up throughout the years for using the term illegal alien. No human being is illegal. Well, I'm sorry. That's what the, that's what the, it's called. The law says if you come into this country and you don't have documents, you're an illegal alien. Yeah. If I sneak into Germany and work without a permit and have no permission to be there, I'm an illegal alien. Well, it's not officially changed, but it's headed that direction. Illegal alien will become undocumented non-citizen or an undocumented (laughs) individual. Oh, my God. And we'll stop saying the word assimilation. I don't know why we're getting rid of that word. That seems like a perfectly fine, kind because, word. Because, no, that's wrong. It has to do with decolonizing. You can't ask somebody to assimilate. That That's asking them to put aside their own culture and their own beliefs in favor of ours. You're a colonizer. So, I remember that one back in my elementary schooling thing when assimilation was discussed in negative terms. Oh, really? Yeah. So it's been around. It's been a negative word for a while. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. So is, is, is the theory that because you have to change to the, the broader society you're going into, that's what assimilating is and that's wrong, that, that society should also change to fit you? you, you are, is that it? You are making people uh, change who they are, their culture, and adopt your things. I, I, it, it, I, it, think, it, I think I already explained that in my passionate con, uh, 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 con, liberal voice. And the word integ- my progressive voice and the word integration means different. I guess they you think. can meld them together. I guess, it's, I guess. I don't man, know. if I moved to Germany, I would feel like I fully need to assimilate into their culture. All right, and take do off the leader, the Ozen. They quit do. With the, no, quit with the big steins of beer. Quit with your traditional dances. Here are mine. Here's what we're doing now. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, um, alien will become non-citizen. Accompanied alien children will become non-citizen unaccompanied children. Oh, the other example is uh, you're not supposed to say homeless. You're supposed to say experiencing homelessness. People experiencing homelessness. Or the the unhomed. I don't understand why that's better. Anyway, um, if we're invaded by space (laughs) non-citizens... Do we have to say that as they're they're probing our 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 uh, nether regions? 
If I take money from a bank where I don't have an account, isn't that a, a non-accounted withdrawal or something like that? Exactly. That's an undocumented withdrawal. Uh, Stephen Colbert got into some of this conversation around the language that is being changed in the world of pot. But if you marked 420, please be sure to watch your language, because some people in the marijuana biz would rather you not call it the marijuana biz. As one potrepreneur puts it, the term marijuana is a Mexican slur, although it is tolerated when combined with the word medical for specific purposes, medical marijuana. Okay, if you say so. It does seem weird that the offensive term is okay if it's medical. The CDC doesn't encourage women to do self-bazonga exams. <laughs> we can still call cannabis weed, though, right? Wrong. According to another stoned industry insider, weeds can be ugly and destructive. Come on, the plant is a weed. But to the wake and bake crowd, who are now all woke and boke, weed is out. According to the same buzz-selling buzz shackler, we also can't say pot, because pot is short for Potasión de Guaya, an alcoholic beverage that means drink of grief. Actually, I'm pretty sure drink of grief is the slogan for Jägermeister. <laughs> One gondrepreneur said any term applied to cannabis other than cannabis is negligent and abusive behavior that we abhor. We're not allowed to use any slang. I gotta say, these people seem pretty uptight. If only it was legal for them to take something that could help them chill the out <laughs> so who's that coming from that's coming from people on the pro weed side uh weed industry insiders or whatever that uh that he was quoting from several different articles there so uh, the marijuana crowd has been using the term weed for a very very long time and i assume that they enjoyed it or they wouldn't use it uh i wasn't i wasn't trying to be dismissive whenever i said weed I think the people quoted in Colbert's monologue are the only people on earth who care. This is idiotic. Well, I never can tell what's idiotic and what's not. I wouldn't think using the term illegal alien was a big deal. Yeah. Well, uh, pot's going bigger and bigger business. It it will be. It is becoming an enormous industry. Yeah, but and, sure, the term weed is not holding it back, though. Well, they're surely looking, not. They're looking to polish up their image. I think Pot's doing fine in terms of PR. Potassia de whatever the heck. I've never heard that. Pot. I like never. You know what? I never even thought about why people. What's to keep somebody from getting all potted up on weed and then getting behind the wheel? Yeah. I liked his joke about uh, so as long as it's got a medical definition, you can use it. <laughs> <laughs> like monthly check your bazongas. <laughs> Teat. Oh, God, the whole people whining about what words other people are using thing is just wearing me out. And it's kind of snuck in at the end there. But the and to not use the words that we are saying you need to use is abusive, and uh, the, there was something else and harmful or something like that. No, no, it's not. It's yeah, not. I, you you I, don't. You don't, uh, yeah. It's this whole safety thing. I don't get it. I, I'm I'm way too confused. I I do think it's meaningful. I just can't quite wrap my head around it. All right. Well, yeah, okay. It's it's an industry that wants to polish up their image, and, and they want to control the verbiage, and it's just, I don't know. No, but all of this stuff, I think all of it fits together into something. The uh, the the packing versus unpacking, the illegal versus undocumented, the mm-hmm. homelessness, all, the, all those things. It all fits into something. 
Right. They want to they want to control the language and redefine words so you're not sure what you can say, so you're afraid to say anything. That's most of it. And any words that they see have power, they declare that they're racist or hurtful or unfair, and you're a bad person if you use them. And soft-headed people who, or, or, or they just, you know, they're so anxious to please, they think, well, I don't, I won't say that anymore. Then I'm sorry, I'm sorry. As opposed to, wait a minute, you're trying to control me, and I think I have an idea why. Um, just, you know, I don't know. That's, uh, that's one of the reasons we do what we do around here is so you start to recognize they're not, they're not actually concerned about the word. They're just trying to control you. But some of it is just like salesmanship and spin in that, like, uh, the, the bar where they have hand crushed ice and, sur- and charge more for the drinks. I'm not sure what hand crushed ice. What, what the hell does the that hell mean? The hell do I care how it got crushed? <laughs> I mean, you're not even crushing with your hands. You're using a wooden mallet. I see you. <laughs> mallet crushed ice. <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah, well, language does have power. Words matter. Heck and the yeah. left is really good at, 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 at redefining them and trying to twist the meanings and the rest of it. Mm. We need a fight back. I can't wait to get a drink made by a pretentious bartender wearing like a carpenter's uh, smock. Mallet crushed ice. Exactly. Looking like an old timey joint fitter or something. <laughs> and the mustaches. Don't even get me started on their mustaches. <laughs> And by the way, by joint, I didn't mean to insult any marijuana stick burning craftsman or anything. Speaking of words, powerful words, oh my gosh, a dad unleashed a letter to his kid's school, private all-girls school, Upper East Side of Manhattan. Cost you 54000 bucks a year to go there. And they for, started to go for, for all woke critical race theory. For what ages? Uh, it's 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 like K through twelve. I don't know. It's private wow. school. I I know some people do this. I just I don't know what you get at those schools. But man, fifty sixty grand a year for uh, fourth grade must be some serious serious uh, algebra you're doing. Uh, well, it's a super elite heavyweight rich people school. Mm. It's better the kids' uh, seats are velvet. There's an attendant in the bathroom, hands you a towel, squirts you with cologne. It's great. <laughs> really oh, that, nice. Oh, stuff. that reminds me. Uh, Michael, do you have a new cologne? Uh, no. Because when you're in the when you came into our side over here the other day, I uh, I know I I I noticed a uh, a waft of uh, oh it's that is that, something new. It was a deodorant, probably. You got a new new deodorant. I, pro- I think it's too strong. Why is it bad? Well, I don't think I'd ever smelled you before, and I did smell you this time. Okay, you well, guys are aware this is on the air, right? That, that's fine. <laughs> I'm not worried about it. Well, I think Joe is is Joe is of the mind that if you can smell somebody at all, it's an affront, right? It's too much, unless you are close enough to kiss them. Yeah. Okay. Huh. Well, I I find it it was a pleasant smell. It was a pleasant an odor. Scent. It wasn't an aggressive scent. It was a pleasant odor. But it was the first time I'd ever smelled you at all, and you just like kind of walked by me, and there was a an odor trailing. Yeah, I, I just, don't really want any odor. I, I just don't like, want any bad odor, you know. Yeah. I want the uh, audience to understand I have now backed up from my microphone. I will no longer participate in this segment, and it's entirely up to Jack when it ends. How Goodbye, many, everybody. How many smelly things do you have on your body, Joe, right now? Nope, not happening. Why won't you? Uh, do you do Do you do aftershave? <laughs> my dad was big on no. aftershave. I've never done aftershave. No, I, don't I even do know. not. That, that, no. that went with a bygone era, I think. No, my pit juice is it. Yeah, and mine is... I'm mm. sorry, your, your pit juice? Yeah, that's a disgusting term. Well, I, I've already disavowed this segment, so all bets are off. I voted to end it a minute ago. So anything that happens is on you. 
I go, I call it uh, cavity olfactory tending to. <laughs> good, good for you. Better Smear than... it on all your cavities for all I care. <laughs> I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. If you haven't heard O.J. Simpson's tweet yesterday, he tweeted out a little video before the verdict came down. We'll have to play that for you later this hour. It's uh, it's really something. It's hard. It's like to he's not really the juice anymore. No, it's like he's exactly the juice uh, there. David Schwimmer slash Ross Kardashian or whatever his name was. Bob Kardashian. Uh, yeah, it's hard to believe it even exists. And yet it does. And we'll play it for you if you haven't heard it. Stay tuned. This is so good. It's a letter from a dad whose kid is at uh, Breerly, a private all-girls school, Upper East Side of Manhattan. Cost fifty-four grand a year, if you can believe that. Uh, it's it's hard for me to wrap my head around that, but so um, it comes in the wake of that teacher Paul Rossi's essay about the indoctrination in his school into critical race theory. Uh, the families have been uh, forced to take anti-racism pledges and and the rest of it. I'd be pretty demanding <laughs> if I'm forking over fifty-four grand a year for third grade. And uh, this fella, Andrew Gutman, who's a uh, he's a tech guy, I think, very bright guy, uh, wrote a letter uh, to all of his fellow school parents about, well, it all, he explains why. Our family recently made the decision not to re-enroll our daughter at Brearley for the next year. She'd been at Brearley for seven years, beginning in kindergarten. In short, we no longer believe that the administration board of trustees have any of our children's best interests at heart. Moreover, we no longer have confidence our daughter will receive the quality of education necessary to further her development. Um, and he says, I write to you as fellow parents to share our reasons, but also urge you to urge you to act before the damage to the school, the community, and your ch- own child's education is irreparable. It cannot be stated strongly enough that Brearley's obsession with race must stop. It should be abundantly clear to any thinking parent that Brearley has completely lost its way. And folks, feel free to insert your school's name in here instead. The administration, the Board of Trustees, have displayed a cowardly and appalling lack of leadership by appeasing an anti-intellectual, illiberal mob and then allowing the school to be captured by that same mob. I object to the view that I should be judged by the color of my skin. I cannot tolerate a school that not only judges my daughter by the color of her skin, but encourages and instructs her to prejudge others by theirs. By viewing every element of education, every aspect of history, and every facet of society through the lens of skin color and race, we are desecrating the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and utterly violating the movement for which such civil rights leaders believed, fought, and died. I object to the charge of systemic racism in this country and at our school. Systemic racism, properly understood, is segregated schools and separate lunch counters. It's the interning of Japanese, the extermination of Jews. Systemic racism is unequivocally not a small number of isolated incidences over a period of decades. Ask any girl of any race if they have ever experienced insults from friends, have ever felt slighted by teachers, or have ever suffered the occasional injustice from a school at which they've spent up to 13 years of their life, and you are back to hear grievances, some petty, some not. Then he describes real systemic racism in the civil rights movement. 
I object to a definition of systemic racism, apparently supported by Burley, that any any educational, professional, or societal outcome where blacks are underrepresented is prima facie evidence of the aforementioned systemic racism or of white supremacy and oppression. Facile and unsupported beliefs such as these are the polar opposite of what you're supposed to be teaching. Unfortunately, the Supreme Court uh, does not agree with you. Or at least some of it. Furthermore, I call bull s on Burley's off-stated assertion that the school welcomes and encourages the truly difficult and uncomfortable conversations regarding race, etc. I object to the idea that blacks are unable to succeed in this country without aid from government or from whites. Burley, by adopting critical race theory, is advocating the abhorrent viewpoint that blacks should forever be regarded as helpless victims and are incapable of success regardless of their skills, talents, or hard work. What Burley is teaching our children is precisely the true and correct definition of racism. And then he, he, he objects to the anti-racism training for parents, especially when presented by the rent-seeking charlatans of Pollyanna. These sessions in both their content and delivery are so sophomoric and simplistic, so unsophisticated and inane, that I would be embarrassed if they were taught to burly kindergartners. And there's more. There is more. And I want to share a little more with you after the break, but... Good for this guy, and we'll have this, of course, at armstrongandgetty.com, so you can send it around to all your friends. Yeah, there uh, is some belief among the Supreme Court on disparate impact that if you get uh, different results broken down by race, the, the, the test must somehow, the, the business, the whatever it is, the group must somehow be racist, which is troubling. And idiotic, yes, it is. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, I don't need a book from every single public official who retires. I mean, how many dads do you think I have? He gets one hardcover book every Christmas, and that's it. And unless you command a submarine during World War II, he ain't interested. Save your books. That's the book publishing world every Mother's Day and Father's Day, particularly Father's Day. Good book for dad from a, some former college coach or something. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There are too many books. That's why I haven't written one. It's my own uh, quiet protest. <laughs> <laughs> there are too many books. Yeah, and there, there are more coming out every day. I just, uh, what's the point? Every week I read the New York Times book review, and there are at least two books that I think I'd, I really should read that. But mm-hmm. when am I going to get to it? I'm still reading, you know, the books from your re- recommendation two years ago. So. Right. Uh, you know what you really ought to read is this letter from a dad to his kid's school. Uh, Barry Weiss posted it on her uh, column at Substack. I think it is. Uh, yeah. And we have it under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. You really ought to send it around to all your friends and read it yourself. But uh, just to continue on, he's talking about how um, he, he he's really against the systemic racism, uh, critical race theory crap being taught at his kid's school. He thinks it's racist and awful and insulting and then... To continue on uh, what we left off with, because I love it so much, is 
I object to mandatory anti-racism training for parents, especially when presented by the rent-seeking charlatans of Pollyanna. These sessions in both their content and delivery are so sophomoric and simplistic, so unsophisticated and inane, that I would be embarrassed if they were taught to brearly kindergartners. They are insulting to parents and unbecoming of any educational institute, institution, let alone one of Brearley's caliber. Uh, he's talking about you softheads who've fallen for Robin D'Angelo and the white fragility crap, by the way. I object to Brearley's vacuous, inappropriate, and fanatical use of words such as equity, diversity, and inclusiveness. If Brearley's administration was truly concerned about so-called equity, it would be discussing the cessation of admissions preferences for legacies, siblings, and those families with especially deep pockets. I appreciate that shot. If the administration was genuinely serious about diversity, it would not insist on the indoctrination of its students and their families to a single mindset, most reminiscent of the Chinese Cultural Revolution. Instead, the school would foster an environment of intellectual openness and freedom of thought. Can I get an amen? Finishing up. Freedom of thought, instead of teaching the extraordinarily divisive idea that there are only and always two groups in this country, victims and oppressors. I object to Brearley's advocacy for groups and movements such as Black Lives Matter, a Marxist, anti-family, heterophobic, anti-Asian, and anti-Semitic organization that neither speaks for the majority of the black community in this country, nor in any way, shape, or form represents their best interests. Brearley's misguided priorities exemplify both the safety culture and the cover-your-ass culture that have together have proved so toxic to our society and have so damaged the mental health and resiliency of two generations of children and counting. Then he talks about how their, their academic standards have eroded. They no longer teach any of the classics because they're, they're problematic, uh, great inflation. Lastly, object with as strong a sentiment as possible that Brearley's begun to teach what to think instead of how to think. I object that the school is now fostering an environment where our daughters and our daughters' teachers are afraid to speak their minds in class for fear of, quote, consequences. I object that Brearley's trying to usurp the role of parents in teaching morality and bullying parents to adopt that false morality at home. I object that Brearley is fostering a divisive community where families of different races, which until recently were part of the same community, are now segregated into two. That's why we're not going to send our kid back. And he goes on in that vein. But it's absolutely terrific. It's eloquent. It's signed. Andrew Gutman's the, the name of the fellow. I'm sure if he can send his kids to the school, he's doing fine in life, but I congratulate him. And uh, I wonder how many other parents are going to continue sending their kids to the school, probably most, and paying that amount of money to have your kids indoctrinated in just this crap is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, One more thing on this, and then we'll move on. Uh, Tim Sandifer, Tim the Lawyer, retweeted this uh, from a guy named Noah Pollock. Systemic racism is such a perfect Marxist formulation. It delegitimizes an entire society without blaming anyone in particular, so it generates little opposition. It signifies everything and nothing simultaneously. It can't be proven or disproven. It's genius propaganda. Well said. That is the problem with it. And Tim gave the thumbs up to it. I do, too. Well said, my friends. Um, so oh, around the George Floyd verdict coming down yesterday, I got to admit, I was kind of like... Um, I didn't want any of the pregame because uh, everybody on all the cable news channels and radio stations were just stalling, waiting for the verdict to come down. And I thought, mm-hmm. it's the same stuff we've been saying forever. And then the moment the verdict was read, I needed zero postgame. <laughs> I just thought I don't have any interest, really, in what anybody has to say about this. Um, it all seems pretty clear to me. But 
Uh, most of the conversation tended to be around, uh, Sean took the bullet for everybody and followed all of social media afterwards and said the vast majority of stuff was either around Nancy, what Nancy Pelosi said hmm. about God plus George Floyd's sacrifice for justice. Thank you, George Floyd, for sacrificing yourself. Doing the rare thing of angering both the right and the left. And then the Oakland Raiders odd tweet where they tweeted out, uh, just a statement. I can breathe, and then yesterday's date, which got critics all around. I mean, nobody was happy with that uh, idea. The tweet is still up. I can breathe. I can breathe, in all caps. So uh, we can all collectively exhale now, me, the Oakland Raiders organization, part of your community. (laughs) In contrast with George Floyd, who said, I can't breathe. Who said, I can't breathe 20 times before he died because a guy's kneeling on his neck. And you know, he also said it dozens of times before anybody was kneeling on him. But anyway, the trial's over, Joe. Yeah, the decision well, has been made. Yeah. Right. The uh, LeBron James responded to it with, this is real? Nah, man, this ain't it at all. The blank. Uh, so <laughs> just, you know, you can't. Everybody wanted to score points of corporations and teams and everything, trying to, all right, now, we need to capitalize. Get the marketing guys on this right now. We need to be down with the people here. What do we tweet? But you just, can't just shut up and make your soft drink or fly your planes. If a guy got choked to death, murdered, choked to death, you can't go with I can breathe. You <laughs> yeah. feel better yeah. after the verdict. Now, the uh the, the owner of the Raiders, Mr. Davis, who's leaving the tweet up and I commend him. I like that. The whole taking down controversial tweets when everybody's seen them and they're being sent all over the place seems dumb to me. What about idiotic tweets that you realize are idiotic? Uh, I think that's different. But if you're taking it down, uh, if you're taking it down when controversy hits and it's already out there, just leave it up. Yeah. Okay. What? 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 I don't get it. But um, he said he saw George Floyd's brother make the statement that we can all breathe again. But uh, okay, I think George Floyd's brother gets to say that. You don't get to say it as the Oakland Raiders. Right. It's just an odd comment. Right. Right, weak. Hey, coming up, nobody's watching the Oscars, and part of the reason is everybody's sick of being lectured, and one of the Oscars producers has admitted that. Uh, so more on that. But a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe, award-winning home security. Uh, it is, uh, you know, everybody has a part of their house that feels a little bit vulnerable. First floor windows, maybe your French door or something like that. But you don't have to worry about that if you have a security system from Simply Safe. Now, maybe you're cool, but talk to the other people who live in your house. If they're resting uneasy, maybe when you're out of town, Simply Safe is a great answer for you. Oh, yeah. A week from now, you could get the security that the U.S. News and World Report has called the best out there, the best security system you can get. Uh, a week from now, because you just you go online and order. It's, that's the first part of Simple. You go on there, you pick out the, the various, you click the little boxes that you know line up with what your home is, and it's sent to your door in seven days. takes about 30 minutes to set up. That's super-duper simple. And now you've got that fantastic security. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get a free security camera. It's a 60-day risk-free trial. There's nothing to lose. Go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. Get a free camera. Simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. I think everybody should watch the Oscars this year. I will watch certainly the last few minutes when they do the big four picture, actor, actress, director, because as I've been saying over and over again, if either picture or director goes to that Chinese woman 
and she gets a chance on that stage to badmouth China, I think that is going to be huge. Yeah. What if she just, like, thanks the usual people, says it was a real joy to work on this movie, and, uh, by the way, solidarity with the uh, the Uyghurs in China. Is that going to be enough for you? Oh, or you she want her to said spend solidarity the with the Uyghurs, I think that'd be an enormous, I think that'd be an earth-shattering thing. Because they've already they've already uh, made it more difficult to find her movie and that sort of thing over there. I think they would have to blackball her completely. I think there'd be a reaction from her and Hollywood for that with the Oscar-winning picture. I think it really could set off some dominoes on the break between Hollywood and China. That's what I'm hoping for. It it could, and or it could reveal the true level of Hollywood's addiction to Chinese money. When that everybody says nice speech, let's. I don't really have a comment on it. It just kind of goes away. I think that'll be uh, uh, that'll indicate something. It's on I'll just TV let you tell year? me about it the next day. It's on TV this year. Uh, like, yes, like it's actually it's this a, weekend. I think the Oxers oh, it's this weekend. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, as somebody who normally sees. A majority, if not all, of the Best Picture nominees, I have not seen a single one this year. And, and uh, the number of people who have any idea what they are or what they're about is the smallest uh, I think it's ever been. Well, yeah. sure, that makes sense. There are no movie theaters. But, uh, Dude. Of, <laughs> of, of note, the she is a, already somewhat of a big deal, The Chloe Zhao, the director sure. that you are looking at. Her next uh, picture is, uh, it's The Eternals, but it's... It's kind of it's similar to like Avengers in scale and scope. Like this is a new comic book thing that she's going to be direct. Like the she, very sort of thing that China usually yes, laps up. Yes, that is. And their, Hollywood their, laps up as a a market to make money. Yeah, that's her next. Uh, her next. Ah, boy, so she's going to have a lot of money at stake on this. I don't know. We'll we'll see which direction she goes. She might have her own personal uh, quandary to deal with. Hmm. Interesting. I wonder what OJ thinks about it. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, OJ tweet uh, Simpson. <laughs> The juice, you just don't sound like the juice anymore. By far, the two most anticipated verdicts of my lifetime have been yesterday and O.J. Simpson's trial. And O.J. Simpson decides to weigh in on that day uh, with a tweet that if you haven't heard it, it's unbelievable. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One of the reasons I have so much respect for Tim Scott is he can sponsor a police reform bill. He's also the first person in my state to call the widows of slain police officers killed in the line of duty. Uh, and I hope that the, the gaggle of media at the White House will ask Kamala Harris why she killed police reform last summer, Brett. I mean, keep in mind. Tim Scott met with her. He didn't meet with Joe Biden. He met with Kamala Harris and said, okay, what problems do you have with my bill? I'll give you an amendment for every problem you have. And she got up and would not negotiate because the issue is more important to her than the solution. Uh, So I hope the media will hold her uh, uh, to account or at least ask her about why we don't currently have police reform. Oh, would that it were. Would that it were. Not a single question about that, as far as I know. Yeah, that was Senator Trey Gowdy talking about his um, uh, colleague in the Senate, Tim Scott, there in South Carolina, who's probably running for president. And that'll become more of a topic, especially if he's running against Kamala Harris, which could happen.
Mm-hmm. Um, uh, are you a body normative advocate? I'm not exactly sure what that means. I absolutely am. Staunchly. I have no idea. Uh, Lizzo has posted a naked picture of herself today. Ah. To why Tell, that, Warn me if I'm getting close to it. Why that noise, Joe? Because I don't want to see her naked. I don't because, find her the least bit appealing. Because? I don't find her the least bit appealing. There's got to be a reason. I'm gay. <laughs> I kid. Now, a, a, an obese woman does not do it for me. Uh, she may be a, f- a talented person, have a kind and loving soul. Uh, we could be the best of friends, but I don't necessarily want to see her naked. Well, she's a body normative activist, uh, which means that you're not supposed to judge people by that sort of thing. I, I, I think human beings are built a certain way to be attracted to various things. That there's nothing you can do about. Right. Then well, the, well, you're a transphobic if you don't won't date a former dude. And then the other end of that whole naked picture thing is I love this game that they play in social media where hot people post a picture and say, taking on haters, so-and-so, you know, shows themselves working out. And it's the idea that somebody somewhere didn't like your picture in your bikini, and you're bravely standing up to that by posting another picture of you in a bikini on a beach. Yeah, exactly. Looking unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, that's who do you think you're fooling with that hole? I'm only posting this because I'm standing up to all the negativity and being proud of myself. Yeah, everybody who looks like that's proud of how they look, all right? (laughs) Um, O.J. Simpson is an odd bird. Most of America, of every race, believes he committed a couple of murders and got away with it. Damn! And the most watched, anticipated verdict in the history of America... Number two probably being yesterday. And before the verdict came down, O.J. Simpson... Decided to weigh in on it on Twitter. Hey, Twitter world, it's me, yours truly. Well, today we can't get away from this uh, Chauvin, Derek Chauvin case, uh, and hopefully we'll get a verdict soon. Um, you know, when I first saw it, my first reaction, as I said, is I thought it was a classic case of depraved indifference. I thought okay, got to stop you there. Oof. That's pretty damned interesting. Well, you're an expert in depraved, no doubt. He 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 doesn't at any point reference in this that you know I was uh, in a high profile trial or just anything. It's just I don't know if he I don't know what's going on there. I don't know if he's bl- not only blanked out the murders but like the whole trial. Although he's commenting on the day, I don't know. I've never heard him talk much about the trial. I think he he doesn't want to talk about it because it's too close to the murders he committed. Do you and think it's, he's trying to protect his psyche? Maybe he doesn't remember that either. So I guess we're just supposed to accept the fact that he's commenting as a former football player and crappy actor. (laughs) It was a classic case to my mind. Okay, go on. Case of depraved indifference. I thought it was unnecessary force. And no matter which side you're on, I think everybody would pretty much have to agree that if those deputies and if Shaven would have gotten off of George Floyd, there was no chance George Floyd was going to get up and try to run. There was no chance that he was going to get up and try to attack them handcuffed. It didn't seem to be his personality. All right, uh, so he's relitigating the, the, the totally case? Totally unnecessary. It seemed that the only problem was he, uh, his little problem with uh, claustrophobia, I guess, and the smallness of the back seat of that car, which had to be pretty tough for a guy his size to get into. Should have brought a paddy wagon. As far as Representative Maxine, I really like that. Sean, Sean, hang on a second. That's a racial slur against my people, the Irish, by the way. Paddy wagon, unacceptable, problematic. I Come re- on, juice. I really like his little aside there. The police made a mistake. There. <laughs> 
Oh my god! You 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 realize we all watched you drive down the highway in your white Bronco. You remember? Yeah, we've seen all this. I mean, <laughs> it was on TV. Okay, choose 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 to get into. Should have brought a paddy wagon. As far as Representative Maxine Waters is concerned, I understood what she was saying. It was a call to arms, not to necessarily physical arms, but a call to come out and uh, and work and vote. Uh, but she's got to understand her words matter, and she's got to be a lot uh-huh. clearer right. in how she says them because you can't be critical of the other side during the insurrection when they were saying, get out and fight. you got to fight. <laughs> and uh, and criticize what they were saying when <laughs> they claimed later on that they meant pretty much what Maxine Waters meant. So you would think these politicians could communicate a lot better than evidently they've been doing in any event we got the nfl draft coming i hope this is behind us i hope uh i do hope that there's some kind of verdict uh, of, of conviction i think the man deserves it uh to what degree you got to let the jury speak it's the american way mm-hmm. i'm just saying take care wear your mask you gotta let the jury speak it's the american mm-hmm. way that's right just say it now, I'll bet Nicole would agree with you, but she's dead, is the thing. I like the calming influence of the voice of O.J. Simpson around politics and uh, controversial trials and policing. Just the calming influence of the double murderer, O.J. Simpson. He was remarkably even-handed when talking about Maxine Waters and the yes, storming of the Capitol. Let's all calm Capitol. down and look at it two different ways. Let's yeah. put ourselves in the other person's shoes. Let's not lose our tempers and do something that changes multiple lives forever <sighs> and ends a couple. Wow, that is among the weirdest things going on in the world. It's Armstrong and Getty.